we're going to take a look at James Arthur's supporting artist Sonia Stein and I haven't been able to find much about her so let's see what uh, they're saying on Tile Yard Music. Described as having a voice that will leave you hypnotised and that was quoted from Wonderland magazine. Sonia singles Do You Love Me? One of those things, Muse and Change Shapes have now amassed over 3 million views on YouTube and over half a million on Spotify streams. Her latest offering, Lover, was produced by Liam Howell, FKA Twigs, Adele, Jessie Ware and perfectly demonstrates her vocal range and talent as a performer. Having enchanted at The Great Escape in 2018, alongside support slots with the likes of Bestie, Alice Merton, Alice Jemima, don't miss your chance to catch Sonia live this coming February. And now I've gone on to Marathon Artists, and uh, we're going to take a look at what they're saying about her. So, a love of classic songwriters such as Leonard Cohen and Joni Mitchell is evidently at the core of Sonia Stein's sound. Accompanied by nothing but a piano, Sonia has been crafting melodic pop hooks since she was 15 years old, a sound she has recently brought to fruition working with popular Liam Howe, Lana Del Rey, Ellie Goulding, FKA Twigs in London. The result showcases Sonia's exquisite balladry and delicious pop with a voice that will leave you hypnotised. Yet again, the quote from Wonderland magazine. And surprisingly enough, I've had a, I found some more info on uh, Sonia Stein on Pizza Express Live. So, Sonia Stein was born in Berlin, but her crisscrossing of the globe started early as she went on to spend 13 years in Poland before moving to Boston Berklee College of Music before leaving with a, with a chance meeting with a producer. It was here her musical education really began, as studying music was eclipsed by actually making music. So, a little bit of sketchy info on Sonia Stein, but I'm sure as time goes on, there will be more to come. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts but we also have a series of books the first book is actually two books it's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea the best fiction is based on truth this is a compilation of short stories rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction the title of the book, A Tribute To, is fitting with the tone of the book because, like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry, as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute To Working At Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle. And the links for all these books are in the description below. And we're back. So, Sonia Stein. She walked on with just a drummer and a guitarist. So, as, a, as from earlier on, we do, I just didn't know much about her, I couldn't find anything. 
so seeing her act which was her and her drummer and her guitarist walk on not even a third musician just the two, uh, just the two of them that was pretty interesting to me especially since it's not often that you get a very small group like that but anyways so they started playing and it turns out that most of the song was on track it was mainly a click track but it was on track so I was thinking how, how would they do it was it done on a effects pedal or um, is someone hitting play off stage for them to play the drums and the guitar and sing to uh, on top of the track but no it turns out that where they had some bright upright LEDs they when they're on they're hiding a synthesizer and a laptop so as soon as the uh, trigger keys hit then it will uh, start playing the tracks it will start playing the click tracks so they can hear it in their in-ear monitors clicking and they'll play in time to the rest of the track so it's a nice little trade-off it works and a lot of uh, geos and trios use the same technology a laptop plugged into the keyboard and the uh, keyboard will play it well the synthesizer will play it and uh, the computer fills the rest in sometimes you play the keyboard uh, or other times you just have to fire the uh, you just press the fire key so it depends on how it's programmed and what you've what you're doing with your performance now lighting wise the set was just ambient so they used some of the LEDs not the uh, main ones that surrounded the outside of the stage but they'd used a bit of side LED and some of the backwashes and that's it it was all static they did change a bit of color here or there and they also had a secondary button on a on a flash key so once this flash key was hit the lights would temporarily change color so as long as the button was pushed down on the lighting desk it will change color as soon as you release it will return to its initial state nice easy way to program things up and change things within the set so nice little quick fire busk move a lot of old school shows would do that these days it's all uh, time coded and programmed intricately but the lighting operator has uh, a lot of experience of light jockeying which light jockeying is in a sense that you're just improvising with your flash keys and pre-programmed sequences and those go on top of your bass cues I used to do that a lot when I worked at sea anyways I digress and they had a little bit of front light from the uh, front house bar so nothing nothing intricate but it was simple but effective just the way how it should be uh, for a small show vocally Sonia Stein she can sing and yeah she did sing very well and how could I describe her style she had that a kind of Alanis Morissette feel to her so she'll go from quiet to loud back to quiet again it works but it got a bit samey throughout the whole of her set throughout the throughout all of her 30 minute set it was very very samey the tracks yeah I'm sorry they were a bit samey 
and uh, you could close your eyes and just chop out all the gaps in between the songs with a bit of patter and they would sound very very similar sound wise it was a good mix i have to say um it was very it was a perfect it did have a professional sound but clarity wise it it definitely wasn't a 22 uh, carat mix unfortunately it wasn't it was good though it was possible as being a professional mix but but it's just you know way where, where I, got, I, I suppose it's where i've been spoiled recently by having some pretty high caliber uh, sound engineers where with your absolute clarity uh, within the mix and when you go from 22 carat for what three or four shows on the bounce and then you get something that's not of the same standard although it was high standard it was a high standard you do get a little bit let down but that's nothing to do with the sound engineer because he was good at his job it was a good mix and to be fair a lot of people wouldn't notice that especially if you're in the audience and also when you're mixing two instruments a click track and vocals on top I suppose it could get a little bit on the flat and a mix really just all mushy mushy sound I'd call that it's down to the quality of the mix as well on the uh, click track as well as the uh, instruments themselves so sound is subjective and I keep saying this, sound is a very subjective thing, what is pleasing to my ears may not be pleasing to your ears, or vice versa, and so on and so forth. But it could be down to the fact that the, uh, tra the click track wasn't on a multi-track, so when it was fed back to the uh, sound desk, that channel would be just the whole of the rest of the song on one channel, whereas other click tracks breaks it down individually and you've got control over every aspect of that track and you can mix it depending on how the sound in the building is but that's a more complicated thing and I can't guarantee how it was set out on the desk I didn't program the desk and nor did I see the actual sound desk now the ultimate question is how did the audience react to Sonia Stern well it's an interesting one actually by the time her set was finished the audience was 85% full and she did get a few cheers in between that songs but at the end of her set she didn't get that great an applause or some cheers etc the way that she would want to and it did fall a bit flat but there are certain reasons for this, I would suppose. It was a rugby day. Getting into town would have been hard work. Especially coming here after a hard day's graft as well. Also, a lot of the uh, crowd had to stand in the rain. And it rained and rained and rained real hard as they're queuing up to come in. And then also, I suppose on top of those factors as well maybe they didn't like Sonia Stearns as much as uh, she hoped maybe she worked in other venues on the tour but her support just did fall flat on deaf ears I have to say 
Not that there's anything wrong with her vocal performance, because there was nothing wrong with her vocal performance. Same with her band. There's nothing wrong with her band. And as I said earlier on, the click track um, was good, but to me, it just wasn't clear. But that wouldn't affect the overall performance of the uh, of the support act. And that's just unfortunate, really. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you've liked today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe, and share. And we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.